everybody. Uh, my name is Richard, and I'd like to welcome you all to the inaugural po- uh, episode of Strangely Enough, the podcast. Uh, I am your host. My co-host, Bill, is not with us this time around because we're still hammering out some uh, equipment issues on his end. But I figured we'd better just get this thing kicked off. Not only is it our inaugural episode, it is also our Memorial Day episode. Uh, recording this on Memorial Day so that uh, we have some idea when we started. Just to give you all an idea of what we're going to do here, uh, this podcast is about bringing you some of the uh, odder and slightly stranger bits of news, the stuff you don't normally uh, hear on your 11 o'clock news. Um, we've uh, found some sources where we can find this stuff, and uh, you know everybody wants to hear about something that's out of the normal. Some of the feats of stupidity that uh, various individuals are able to commit, or uh, even some of the some of the unusual stuff they find when they're uh, digging up stuff on archaeological sites or uh, building houses or that kind of thing. So we'll be looking out for those kinds of stories, and we're hoping that uh, y'all have, you will help us out also, and we'll give you some information on uh, on how to do that a little bit later on, and. Uh, that way, y'all can uh, keep an eye out in your local newspapers and uh, on your local news channels and uh, get us some of that content that we need here at uh, Strangely Enough. All right. With that, let's uh, let's go ahead and get on to some of this week's items. And our first item this week, uh, it appears that uh, a couple of German parents put their kid on eBay. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I often thought about doing that with my own children. Uh, unfortunately, they'd have brought them back. Uh, this is reported by the AP. Uh, authorities in southern Germany have taken custody of a seven-month-old boy after his parents posted an ad on eBay offering to sell him for one euro. That's about a dollar and sixty cents, folks. Holy cow! Uh, they're currently in a, the child has been taken away from them. They're currently un, under investigation for possible child trafficking, and uh, they, see, it, it says here they said the uh, the mother said that they did it as a joke. Well, you know what? A lot of people uh, <laughs> a lot of people take that kind of stuff serious. Uh, Turns out that several people who saw the ad on eBay went ahead and alerted the police. Uh, police spokesman Peter Hyber says the baby was placed in the care of youth services in the southern Algua region. Y'all have to excuse my pronunciation. I'm not real good with this kind of stuff. That's why I was kind of hoping Bill was here because he's a whole lot better with it than I am. Okay, let's move on to the next story. Uh, top court overturns dead flying water damage claim. I don't know if y'all heard about this, but it turns out that a man in Canada purchased a bottle of Culligan's drinking water. In the unopened bottle, he found a fly. Now, he claims that he's had all kinds of psychological anguish and stuff and actually won a settlement last year. Uh, after finding the uh, flying his bottle back in 2001. Unfortunately, uh, here in the last few days, the Supreme Court of Canada agreed 9-0 to overturn the judgment. 
which puts uh, Martin Mustafa uh, in the position that he's going to have to uh, pay a large sum of court costs and lawyer's fees. Mr. Uh, Mustafa's only, only thing he had to say was, I'm just the type of person that is very clean and cautious about the health and well-being of myself and my family. Very, very interesting. That, uh, that's brought to us by the Associated Press also. Uh, pretty much the law in Canada says, you know, if somebody with ordinary fortitude or somebody with a reasonable amount of uh, reasonable, uh, somebody who can handle things reasonably well uh, would be disturbed or harmed by this, that um, they go ahead and uh, find in their favor. But in the case of Mr. Mustafa, the judge ruled that he was unusual or extreme concerning the incident, uh, you know, claiming that he couldn't sleep at night, uh, he was constantly on edge, um, to the point that his business was, and his, even his sex life was uh, suffering. He was totally obsessed by this. So this is just a guy going overboard. And if this had been in the United States, he would have walked away as owner of Culligan's Drinking Water. Next up, we've got uh, police in the Philippines. All those moody old police in the Philippines. You know, here, uh, my father being an ex-police officer, I know that here in the U.S., most police officers go through what he calls sharing caring class, which is uh, more or less uh, a class on how to be nice to the general public because, you know, police officer looks at you the wrong way nowadays. Somebody can sue and take everything they got. This is reported by CBS News. Uh, Philippine officers were instructed Wednesday to smile in public or face suspension in an attempt to spruce up their image as rough and rude. It appears that new guidelines have been adopted uh, here recently, and uh, Police Spokesman Director Leopoldo Bato. Yeah, we are encouraging police officers to be community friendly. There is no place for rough and brusque officers in this organization. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Sorry for the inconvenience. Thank you so much, sir or ma'am. These are the words of courtesy which the public want to hear from us. And this pretty much puts them in a position that uh, they could end up with a suspension if they don't do this. All of this because a few people complained about how police officers... Uh, yeah, a few complaints about... Uh, officers' behavior at road checkpoints. Well, we're in the Philippines, Manila, okay? I don't know. I haven't been there, but I know from what I've heard, a uh, fellow that runs a Dead Science podcast over there, he used to be a, a U.S. federal agent stationed over there, and he, he he's told a few stories, and uh, I imagine it is kind of rough. Okay, so our next item is also from the AP. 
Uh, looks like we pretty much landed on mostly Associated Press stories this time around. The headline reads, Woman nabbed for alleged DUI at the at same crash spot. Now, <laughs> this is one of those stupidity things again, y'all. Let's, uh, let's go slowly on this. Uh, what it turns out to be is that for the second time in five months, a 23-year-old California woman has been arrested after she allegedly crashed her car while driving under the influence at the exact same spot north of Lake Tahoe. Now, let me tell you, number one, before I go on, if, if I had a habit of drinking heavy and I had done crash my car, I probably wouldn't go to the same spot again. But this old guy, she just, uh, <laughs> well, let me read on. And to top it off, Truckee, and that's the name of the city, police say that both cases, in both cases, her blood alcohol content was more than three times the legal limit. Three times. Police say Melissa Dennison of Truckee crashed at about noon on Sunday on Glenshire Drive just south of the Glenshire Bridge. They say she was extremely intoxicated and had trouble standing or walking. Her blood alcohol level initially was measured at 0.346. The legal limit in uh, the legal limit there is 0.38. No, that's not it. It's 0.08. Sergeant Jay Litchie said Dennison also had been charged with a DUI in January when she crashed the same, in the same spot and registered a blood alcohol level of 3.80. Oh, isn't that lovely? I wonder if that's getting picked up. It seems my, my deaf neighbors have shown up. Where was I? If convicted of the second offense, she faces up to 10 years in prison and fines in excess of $2,000. A telephone message would... A telephone message from the Associated Press left at the listing for Denison in Truckee on Tuesday was not immediately returned. Well, you know, I think if I was that popular, I'd, I'd, I'd want to answer the phone, do a few interviews, and get my 15 minutes of fame. However, well, you know, she may need to write a book. That's the way they do it nowadays. If she writes a book, she can pay for her lawyer fees. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Um, our next story. Well, you know, you can't hardly beat the headlines. Pilots run out of fuel. Pray and land near Jesus sign. This is also from the Associated Press. Um, it seems like an almost uh, literal answer to their prayers. When two New Zealand pilots ran out of fuel in a micro-light airplane, they offered prayers and were able to make an emergency landing in a field, coming to rest right next to a sign reading, Jesus is Lord. Now, you can't hardly beat that. It turns out that uh, Grant Stubbs and Owen Wilson... Uh, 
not Thacker, I don't think. Both from the town of Blenheim on the country's South Island were flying up the sloping valley of Peloris Sound when the engine sputtered, coughed, and died. My friend and I were both uh, are both Christians, so our immediate reaction in a life-threatening situation was to ask for God's help, Stubbs told the Associated Press on Wednesday. Now, let me stop a minute. I can think of a lot of immediate reactions to life-threatening situations, but... Uh, taking the time, taking time out for uh, for prayer time, I don't think that would be high on the list. Uh, I can think of more smelly results. He said he prayed during the ill-fated flights Sunday that the tiny craft would get over the top of the ridge and that they would find a landing site that was not too steep or in the nearby sea. Wilson said that the pair would have been in deep trouble if the fuel had run out five minutes earlier. If it had run out, that was the place to be, he said. There was an instantaneous answer to the prayer as we crossed the ridge and there was an airfield. I didn't know it even, it even existed until then. After Wilson glided the powerless craft to a landing on the grassy strip, the pair noticed they were beside a 20-foot-tall sign that read, Jesus is Lord, the Bible. When we saw that, that we started laughing, Stubb said. Nearby residents provided them with gas to fly the home-built plane back to their home base. Well, nothing like a happy ending. Uh... Really don't know about these guys. Uh, I myself am one of those who prefers to keep his feet on the ground. And let's see our last story. Let, let's wrap this up with a with a good one. Uh, okay, here's a, here here's some facts for you, uh, guys. You yeah, guys. You won't won't want to hear this, but caller ID could be killing your sex life. And I would think everybody needs to be hearing this. This is from a uh, newspaper in New York of some sort. Uh, according to Penthouse uh, Magazine, sex journalist Ralph Gardner, some women use caller ID to determine if their new beau is a potential stalker. He knows one woman who dumped a guy she thought was perfect after her caller ID revealed he had called 30 times in a single weekend and hung up each time. But not all love lives are being crippled by caller ID, Gardner claims. No, no. Gardner claims the device has actually sparked some relationships, including a woman whose caller ID revealed that her ex still had a crush on her. He also admits that womanizers love the technology because it makes it easier to juggle two women at once because you always know who's calling before you pick up the phone. <clears throat> well, i tell you, uh, that right there, and you know, caller ID would have been something handy to have when I was younger. Uh, fortunately, I'm, I'm with the 
one I'm going to be with, and I'm not going to worry about that much. And most of you folks probably are, too. You know, I feel kind of bad about this uh, this particular episode being so short, so let me dig some more stuff up here real quick. Oh, let's talk about the minor league uh, baseball player. There is a minor league baseball player that was traded to Texas for 10 baseball bats. In McAllen, Texas, during... Uh, Three year and three years in the low minors. John Odom, okay, from McAllen, Texas. During three years in the low minors, John Odom never really made a name for himself until he got traded for a bunch of bats. Man, uh, I don't, I don't really care. He said Friday. It'll make a better story if I ever do make the big leagues. For now, Odom is headed for the Laredo Broncos of the United League. They got him Tuesday from the Calgary Vipers of the Golden Baseball League for a most unlikely price. Ten prairie stick maple bats. Double dipped black, 34 inch. And the style is C243. Um, if y'all want to run out and get yourself one. They just wanted some bats, good bats, maple bats, Broncos general manager Jose, Jose Melendez said. According to the Prairie Stick website, their maple bats retail for $69 each, discounted to $65.50 for a purchase of 6 to 11 Hmm, sound like we got a pretty good deal down here in Texas. The Canadian team signed Odom about a month ago, but couldn't get the 26-year-old righty into the country. It seems Odom had a minor but unspecified criminal record and wasn't that wasn't revealed to immigration officials before they scanned his passport. Vipers President Peter Young said. Odom said the charge stemmed from a fight when he was 17. Although he thought it had been expunged from his record, it popped up during immigra- during immigration. Originally from Atlanta, Odom was drafted late late by the San Francisco Giants in 2003. He pitched 38 games in Class A from 2004 to 06 and was released by the organization this spring. The bat trade wasn't the first time Calgary came up with some creative deal-making. The Vipers once tried to acquire a pick, pitcher for 1,500 blue seats when they were renovating their stadium. <laughs> oh, silliness, silliness. Now, that's, uh, that right there is one of the reasons I really don't follow sports too uh, too heavily, because <laughs> all of the silliness. Okay, uh, let's see what, what else we got. We don't want to do that one. Hmm, let's try. No, we're not going to do that one. Let's do this one. Now, see? I should have come better prepared, but I didn't. And that's okay. This is the first episode. And whereas I have been, had another podcast for over a year now, uh, we're just getting started on this one, and I'm flying solo, so uh, let's give it a shot. From Yahoo News, we have one labeled, and uh, actually this is from Reuters via Yahoo News. Shrine workers may keep their underwear on. 
<laughs> Employees counting, counting donations at a popular Hindu shrine in southern India will no longer have to take, take off their underpants at work after the uh, local Human Rights Commission intervened. Police and temple authorities imposed the dress code at the Sabarimala Hill oh boy, shrine in Kerala five years ago. After thefts of reported, were reported from the shrine's strong room, employees in the vault, all of whom were men, were made to work topless wearing only a dhoti, a cotton wrap around cotton wrap worn around the waist with nothing underneath. But they found it degrading. Beep, beep, beep. They found it degrading and their union complained to the uh, Kerala State Human Rights Commission. The employees on duty are made to strip before the before an officer before leaving the office to ensure that they do not carry anything in their underwear. It is humiliating and an insult to human dignity. Uh, Chivara Gapakum, I just can't pronounce these Indian names. The union leader. The state's human rights commission agreed. Authorities at the shrine, which is dedicated to Ayapa, a South Indian deity, said on Friday they would end the practice and have begun looking into electronic surveillance systems. Well, there you go. If there's enough money to, to make it worth your while to steal it, you can probably afford some cameras. Thousands of pilgrims flock to the shrine between November and January, bringing cash, precious, precious metals, and jewels in offering. They are expected to forego meat, alcohol, and sex for 41 days before arriving. Women of childbearing year are forbidden. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Let me tell you something. I grew up in Southern Baptist Church, and they have more fun than this. Not a whole lot, but more. Okay, let's see if we can find a couple of short ones here, and uh, then we'll head out. Then we'll uh, call it a day for this particular episode. Uh, we have a man in London. Uh, this is reported by the AP. A judge reprimanded a British pensioner, pensioner, I'm telling you, who plagued his neighbors by repeatedly playing Bruce Springsteen's hit Born in the USA at high volume in the early hours. John Norman, a 61-year-old, was, was on Tuesday given a three-week antisocial behavior order, or ASBO, after residents living close to his home complained. Prosecutors told a court in Mansfield in northern England that, that officials received more than 100 complaints. Neighbors said Norman blasted out the Springsteen hit on repeat nights, on repeat, night after night. Norman's ASBO, a punishment designed for troublesome use, bans him from playing loud music for three weeks. The court can also impose a further ban, ban and he can be jailed if he doesn't comply. You know what? That's a, that's a law we need here. You know, I was talking about my, northern, my deaf neighbors pulling up a while ago. 
you know, uh, they got a car that pulls up in the driveway out there, and uh, you, as they come down the street, things start jumping across the counters and the shelves in the house here. Kind of like, uh, it's kind of like that scene in Jurassic Park when the water is doing its thing. That one's a little lengthy. Let's grab a couple short ones here, and then we'll we'll move on. Let's do the alrighty. Now this is reported over at WeirdNews.com. Uh, seems the Mounties tasered an 82-year-old man in his hospital bed. Here's a little uh, little story about those brave Canadian Mounties. Frank Lasser, 82, was subdued in his hospital bed because he was not willing to relinquish a small pocket knife he was holding. This guy just came out of heart bypass surgery recently and when unable to breathe properly became delusional. He said he couldn't explain why he refused to let go of the knife, even after the Mounties arrived. There were three Mounties present, so I can't imagine why they had to resort to using a taser. Three big strapping Mounties, and they had to taser this guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, talk about excessive force. Here's a, couple of, here's a couple of amusing quotes from the officers. Whether the person is 80 or 20, we are dealing with a person who had a deadly weapon in their hand. Okay, come on, guys. A little bit of pocket knife. Corporal Scott Wilson told CBC News, We could not deploy our pepper spray because we could potentially contaminate the entire hospital. Oh, well, give me a break. Uh, yeah. Big, three big strapping mounties against a little 82-year-old man. Well, we know where... Uh, uh, holy mackerel. <laughs> I'd rather be down here with the Texas police. They can handle 80 year old man. Alrighty, and, uh, we'll go ahead and make this the last one. We'll go ahead and wrap her up. The, uh, this one's labeled Lucky Break for a Trapped Woman. The newspaper boy unlocked the side door and apparently, uh, he chopped some of this off. This also comes from VeryWeirdNews.com. The, the newspaper boy unlocked the side door and saw the couple about two feet inside. 84-year-old Blanche Roberts, helpless, looking right back at Pitts, which I guess is the name of the paper boy. Her right leg was pinned beneath the body of her 77-year-old husband, Fred, who apparently had died last Wednesday evening of a heart attack after mowing the lawn. Her only request was for water. She knew her name and her relatives, but described her husband as sleeping, said Pitts, who delivers the Southern Illinoisian, published in the nearby Carbondale, Illinois. The coroner said Fred Roberts likely died of a heart attack based on accounts from the Roberts visitors that day. Blanche Roberts was taken to the hospital in nearby Heron. The hospital on, on Tuesday couldn't confirm whether she still was being treated there. Uh, Pitts said the couple, the couple's relatives told his wife Monday that she was doing fine. Pitts has delivered on, on that route for three years, but said he never met the Robertses before Sunday. But he thinks finally of Blanche Roberts, 
who often tipped him in letters. Lucky for the curious newspaper delivery boy, eh? Well, there you go. You know, I've heard of animals staying beside their masters and all this other stuff, but uh, that pretty much takes the cake. Okay, well, that pretty much covers that for this particular week. So let me go ahead and give y'all some, uh, give y'all the contact information. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. Okay, uh, if you want to send an email, and I was talking earlier about y'all helping out, if you find any strange and unusual uh, news items you want to go ahead and submit, send them on this way, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can't get them on the uh, get them on the, the uh, podcast here, and. Uh, you know, just about anything. If you have any comments or suggestions, uh, also the music heard on this podcast this week is just what I was able to find trying to put it together. Uh, we're still looking for uh, some better intro and uh, exit music. So if y'all run across anything uh, that might be helpful, let us know. Just uh, make sure that it's what they call Pod Safe, which uh, three places we normally pull our music from are uh, Pod Safe Audio. Magnatunes and Iota PromoNet. Uh, this week, all our music came from Magnatunes. And if you want to send a, send an email, go ahead and send that to Richard Strangely Enough. One word: Richard Strangely Enough at Gmail dot com. Uh, we're in the process of getting bills uh, square email squared away, also, and it'll probably be Bill at Strangely Enough. Or Bill, strangely enough, but uh, for now, just Richard, strangely enough, one word at gmail.com. You're also welcome to follow me on Twitter. If uh, if you're on Twitter and you want to keep up with uh, what's going on over here at the studios, just uh, go ahead and look for uh, KB5JBV. That's KB5JBV. Uh, Twitter.com stroke KB5JBV. And with that, we want to go ahead and thank uh, folks over at Yahoo News, uh, the Associated Press, United Press International, and CBS News uh, for the articles read on this podcast uh, this time around. We'd like to thank uh, PodSave Audio and Magnitude for uh, some of the music. Uh, and once again, uh, like I said, we are looking for, uh, for more music. So if y'all uh, get any ideas on that, just uh, let me know. Uh, I'd like to thank Rowdy and Sassy for not causing promotion. Uh, that's the hairy children here at the house. And uh, my wife Brenda for putting up with yet another of my projects. <laughs> and with that, all I've got left to say is uh, until next week, y'all be careful and take care of yourselves. And we'll see you then.
slipping through my hands from my past. I can't hide without you by my side. My sweet Melissa.